What's up, everybody? I'm Mike Wilson with Any Hour Services, and we're proud to help bring you this podcast. If you ever need a resource for information about your home's electrical, plumbing, heating, or air conditioning system, you can find Any Hour Services on Facebook, YouTube, or online at anyhourservices.com. I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Welcome to Ideation Collective. I'm Jess Larson. Today we've got another episode of our Top Reads, where we review top books for entrepreneurs and innovators with my co-host Ryan Clements. What we need as entrepreneurs, we, we need practical things that work. And, and you don't know things that work unless the person has used them to work. <laughs> you know, or unless there's like some evidence behind that. This is another episode of Innovation and Leadership. Today we're going to be picking from the 400 plus books on business, marketing, and strategy that we've read and talking about one of them that we feel like can have a big impact on innovators and entrepreneurs as they try to invent the future. As always, in addition to learning from the show, we hope you'll consider clicking on the Child Rescue tab on our website, iCollective.co, to see how you can help change the life of a child that's been rescued from abuse and trafficking. Also, we love all of you who've been emailing to tell us what parts of the episodes you really liked or or what was helpful to you. And to everybody else, if you have time, we'd love to hear from you. Just send me an email at stories at iCollective.co. And now on to the episode. Ryan, thanks for being on the show. Absolutely. Glad to be here. So today, I, I, th- I think, Jess, you had mentioned that um, you wanted to talk about The Talent Code, which is a fantastic book. Yeah, Daniel Coyle, um, big fan. I, uh, I feel like it is, um, well, and this is actually a book that you recommended to me. Um, yeah. And I feel like I had been reading these books about neuroplasticity, the brain that changes itself, brain lock. Mm-hmm you know, uh, that I think are fascinating, proving the previous 200 years of brain science wrong about, no, mm-hmm. we really can develop plasticity in the adult brains, which is the ability to learn rapidly and things like this, learning languages, stuff that we typically think only young children can do quickly, right? Yep, yep. And I, I was really geeking out about this stuff, and you're like, yeah, but do you know about myelin wrapping? <laughs> I'm like, no, <laughs> yeah. what's that? You're like, you haven't read the talent code? I was like, yeah. felt like <laughs> shamed. I felt shamed. I hadn't. <laughs> so I immediately went no. out and got it, right? No. And, and I'm such a fan. Um, so uh, the premise of the book, well, why don't you talk about the premise of the book? You're one who recommended it to me. Well, yeah, Dan, Daniel Coyle, he, this was, you know, talent code, I actually did it backwards. My first uh, introduction to Daniel Coyle was through the little book of talent, mm. uh, the which, which I believe was published after. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of these books that I was just kind of, I've been thinking more and more. I think what turned me on to, to this at first was actually Outliers. It was Malcolm Gladwell's Outliers. And reading about 10,000 Hour Rule and kind of thinking about this, and you know, it turned me on to, and also Robert Greene's Mastery. And maybe you know, over time we'll be able to cover both of those books. But, but I, I've been intrigued by, you know, I guess Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 hour rule um, uh, turned me on to this idea of, you know, extreme proficiency. 
and then and then I got into mastery by Robert Greene, which which kind of seeks to answer the question of, well, if if ten thousand hour gives gives extreme proficiency, what happens at twenty thousand hours? What happens at thirty thousand hours? Like what 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 kind of additional gains do do um, do you get there? And and from there, I got turned. I started thinking about things like neuroplasticity, how our brain functions. I was reading a lot about habit formations, Charles Duhigg I was reading, a lot of just kind of psychology and performance literature because it's just something that just fascinates me because sometimes you see you see an individual, um, whether it be an athlete or a, a performer or, or, or even in a, a business context, you watch how someone negotiates, for example, or you know, public speaking or writing or just – you know the ability to perform something just with such, you know, exactness, and and uh, and then the ability to adapt in the flow of the moment, and and so thinking about these ideas of mastery and and um, and all this stuff, it got me thinking about well, is this something that is just kind of you're you're born this way? How, how much control do we actually have? You know, like if if you weren't born with with a a unique set of skills you just found yourself just you know not not an outlier either way good or bad but you're just kind of like everyone else does that prevent you from from attaining to a, a level of mastery um and and robert green's book mastery would say no and then when i discovered again the first book that i read the little book of talent by daniel coy and then eventually then absorbed that in like a day and then jumped onto this one it makes it very clear from this book that, that that's not the case that that if you are born in the middle of this bell curve of human beings that doesn't prevent you from becoming really masterful at what you do so <laughs> yeah what 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 is it that so i guess for this book for you what, what was kind of the first thing that stuck out for you about that well, I love, you know, in that intro, it's talking about um, analyzing the girl who's making incredible amounts. They're watching the video of the girl who's making a ton of progress in learning music. Mm-hmm. And the guy who's an expert at this, you know, these talent hotbeds, these people who are, you know, getting outsized results, whether it's the the tennis court in Russia that has more women on the pro circuit, the entire, yeah. the entire United States together, or the, the yep. ski club in Vermont that has has put, you know, this inordinate number of pro uh, Olympic skiers on the map over 50 years. Like, why are these little places have such outsized results, right? So I'm yeah. I'm interested already. I think you and I, you know, interested in performance literature. And, you know, I think my mom always telling me growing up, I could do whatever I wanted. <clears throat> when I got older, and there were some things I couldn't do, I want to believe, no, no, I can do anything. I just need to learn how. So when this yeah. is like, I feel like, oh, it's the secrets of how you can become awesome at anything. And they talk about this idea of um, that that they're making progress. You know, as she as she is stopping and scrunching up her face in the middle of a song and starting over rather than just playing through with mistakes, right? Yeah. And yeah. the guy gets all excited of like, she's got scaffolding in her mind to compare what perfection is against. And she's willing to have the discipline to go back and do it right the first time. Yeah. And she's making these mental ruts in the right way. And it says that it's the talent is not by genes and that the average person can enter this neurological mechanism where, you know, where certain patterns they enter have a wildly productive zone of accelerated learning. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want that. <laughs> so then I was hooked for the yeah. book, right? I was like, I want to know, like, 
so you're telling me that I don't have to be born this way, that I can take intentional actions that put me like that kind of like hijack my own brain to get in this zone of accelerated learning. Like yep. I was hooked, right? Yep. That, that's what it was for me. Um, and I, I feel like I, it explains like everyone talks about practice make, makes perfect, but that just is not that rich. It's not that it's almost like so cliche. It's not helpful. Well, I don't even think it is helpful. And and I'll give an example. I, for a couple of years, I, I um, experimented with Brazilian jiu-jitsu mm. and uh, never really committed to it long-term. And I'm not really doing it anymore, but, but I, I enjoyed the kind of the couple of year experimental uh, uh, engagement I had with it. And I'll never forget though, a profound piece of knowledge that, that um, the, the black belt instructor gave at one class and and I'll never forget. It's just, it was fantastic. Um, and I wrote it down. I think I might've even blogged about it. He, he said this idea of practice makes perfect. That is one of the worst things you could ever say. It's not even true. If you practice the wrong way of doing things over and <laughs> over and over again, you're just going to get super proficient at doing it poorly. Okay. Perfect. He, he said, perfect practice makes perfect. And uh, so I got to give, give the shout out to, to, you know, the jujitsu instructor on, on that one, because that, that's a profound learning. You know, if, if you're engaging in the same, so apply this to entrepreneurialism, like, you know, practice makes perfect. So let's say maybe pitch. So you're, 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 you're pitching um, to investors. Um, Can and, I tell you and, who's the worst at that? Yeah. The, the person that uh, they get their slide deck together and their slide deck is full of PowerPoints. So they're not following like Gar Reynolds <laughs> presentations yeah. in to get, yeah. right? And they, they work on all their PowerPoint and they don't practice. And they just show up and they figure they'll click the button and, and read it off the slide to the people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not anticipating the kind of questions that are going to come up, right? Yeah. Versus the guy who's given it in the mirror 40 times with the hand gestures, pretending he's giving it to the audience who can like click the slides without looking at them and he knows what slide came up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that's a good case. So, so if you say, well, no, it's just a numbers game and I just got to give this presentation to 100 VCs and then one of them's going to buy. No, not necessarily. You, you might, you might, now no, there might be a, a little bit of kind of intuitive learning that'll come through, through the realm of experience. But, but generally speaking, and again, to use the, you know, jujitsu analogy, I think if, if you're doing the wrong technique over and over and over again, you're just solidifying the wrong technique. And so, so there, there's something to be said about the nature of practice. And, and, and I think, what this book is really talking about when it comes to practice. And, and, and I like it because there's a lot of social proof to what Daniel Coy saying, Coyle is saying. Um, and social proof, I mean, like I've read other books, like the art of learning by Josh Waitzkin, which is another fantastic book. You know, we should world champion chess well, guy. Yeah. World champion chess guy and Tai Chi push hands. And actually the first, uh, uh, or I don't know if he was the first, but one of the first black belts, by Marcel Garcia in New York City, who world world champion uh, jujitsu, um, Marcel Garcia. But anyways, this guy just had this fantastic ability to learn and master 
um, certain skill sets. And, and a lot of what he says about practice, and particularly this idea of chunking in the, in the context of a practice, shows up in Daniel Coyle's book. And I, and I like seeing that when, when you know, viable writers and authors and practitioners are basically saying the same thing. It, it, it goes to this idea of kind of confirmatory proof or social proof that this, again, this is, and I think this is what we need as entrepreneurs. We, we need practical things that work. And, and you don't know things that work unless the person has used them to work. <laughs> you well, know, that's, that's the thing. Like no, 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 completely. That. This is exactly the point, right? When you have um, somebody says something like practice makes perfect, which is so gushy and nonspecific, right? Uh, and so you think going through it 40 times versus going through it correctly 40 times. Yeah. You know what I mean, right? And um, <clears throat> this idea where I feel like the added specificity of um, you know, doing with focus, like without distraction, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like this, this, he, he communicates this sense of such high intentionality yes. with the willingness to correct yourself immediately at the sign of a mistake so that you're not building the wrong ruts mentally. Right. Yeah. And just this, this level of emotion and focus along with the yeah. repetition and, and that, you know, that it is practicing the right things. To me, all of a sudden, it, like, it brought so much context. I think about, you know, you and I have talked a lot about martial arts and specifically my teenage years doing competitive judo, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the black belt's teaching us how often they taught us very, very slowly at first, yeah. Yeah. right? It was, it was so slow. They made us go slow. I mean, it's like almost boringly slow. And they show over and they're moving your elbow two inches to the left and whatever, right? <clears throat> All us teenagers on, rolling around on the mats, throwing, throwing each other in like slow motion. And they're, yeah. they're like, no, 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 your, your, your heels got to be out. You, you, your toes are planned to find, but your heels got to be that way, right? Yeah. And they do that over and over. The way, you know, you're doing that for months before you're ever using that throw in tournament. And like, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, one of the guys that helps us at Child Rescue, um, he was a Delta Force operator, and I was I was really excited for my first shooting class with him. And he's talking about like everybody wants to be the cool action hero and jerk the pistol out of the holster and go bang bang bang. But yep. the saying of like the world's best shooters is uh, slow is smooth, smooth is fast, yep. right? And all this talk about the fundamentals and the things you know you, you talk about like the how many soccer players. Uh, how many of the world-class soccer players Brazil puts out, but, but they train differently with this game, the football in the room or uh, soccer in the room, futsal or however they pronounce Mm -hmm. it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's this, he he calls it deep practice. Yes. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden that extra context took like a boring cliche and it, it made it so different. And I think for me, probably the biggest kick in the butt is, so I look at entrepreneurship, right? And every yeah. time I'm trying a new industry, I think about those sayings of like, once you can learn the acronyms, once you can learn the language, then people will accept you in that mm-hmm. business. Mm-hmm. And um, if you don't repeat them enough, if you don't practice, if you don't actually read the, the trade journals and stuff, you're not going to learn that industry. Yeah. And I am such a procrastinator. Like I'm mm-hmm. the kid that never got in trouble all through high school 
because of not doing my English essay or not doing my art project until the night before because I stayed up all night and I did it for 16 hours straight and I turned it in and I still got my passing grades or got an A. So I didn't really have yep. to learn, right, from, from yep. my bad habit. But this book is like, listen, if you don't practice today, you're, you cannot wrap myelin twice tomorrow. You can yep. only wrap so much myelin in a day. And if you miss, you can't make it up. So it's so like the ultimate procrastinator stopper for me. Let's tell, let's kind of break it down for a second for the listeners who maybe aren't familiar with, with the concepts of myelin or neuroplasticity. When, when we're talking about myelin, for example, like what, what is it that we're, we're really getting at? Like, let's do, did you want to explain that? Yeah. Hey, can you hold on for one second? We're just going to edit this out. Um, mm-hmm. I just need to plug in the recorder one second. No problem. I was wondering why I was seeing the battery signs on (laughs) the battery signs are never showing. (laughs) And they started going uh, down and I'm like, we've been recording. We we've captured all this though. Right. Cause this is good stuff. Yeah. Good. Um, uh, and, uh, so what happens is we're at really high resolution. So it just clicked over into a new track on the recorder, but I saw the batteries go down. I, you know what? On the other side of this computer, it can't, it's not plugged in. Yeah. 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 Okay. So we're back. Okay. So just for the, the uh, benefit of the listeners who, who might be new to this book or maybe some of the other books that we've talked about, Art of Learning by Josh Waitskin or any, any kind of the neuroplasticity literature, um, when we're talking about, you know, myelin, for example, or, or you know, the benefit of repetition, what, what, what is it that we're trying to say? Maybe you want to give the, the listener maybe some more context on this? Okay. So the idea of the neurosynapses connecting differently, you know, the principle of neuroplasticity, this idea that what neurons that, that fire together wire together, what that mm-hmm. means is that when we do something in the same way that the brain says, oh, we're going to keep doing that in that way, let's wire those together and make this easier. It's like opening up more lanes of traffic it, it takes more cordial real estate of the brain. It says, we're going to do this more often. Let's be efficient. Assign some more cordial real estate. Let's, let's put some more on-ramps and off-ramps because we want to make yep. this so easy. It's like driving home without remembering what I did on the drive home, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and the, the principle where the talent code takes that to the next level is it talks about uh, a thing our body produces called a myelin sheath that is like it's insulation for those neural synapses. So think about um, the stuff on the outside of a copper wire that keeps the electricity from jumping from wire to wire. And mm. it's this idea that the more you, the more myelin you can wrap around uh, a neural synapse, that uh, the brain's ability to speed up or slow down how quickly the electrical impulse goes down that synapse grows. So the more you do something, the more the brain is going to wrap insulation around that and the faster you can react. So Verify the math for me, Ryan, if I'm remembering this, but where they talk about how um, neural synapses by wiring separately and opening up more real estate, the brain can actually send an impulse up to 10 times faster. But with yeah. enough with enough myelin wrapped around it, you can 30 times the 10 times. So you're mm-hmm. actually thinking 
you're actually thinking 300 times faster than yeah. someone who hasn't practiced and hasn't built the, ner yeah, and, the neural and you pathways. See it, you see it exhibited. I think the best examples is in sports. You'll see it. But I'm going to get into actually an application for business. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Go for it. But I want to talk just really quickly just so people have a, a reference. Um, when, when you see like a master in, in a sport, or, or a musician, for example, like, um, like playing the piano or something like that. But let's, let's use sports for a second. Like I'm going to use an example. Um, this past season, you know, I'm a big basketball fan, and uh, I've been mesmerized by watching Steph Curry th this, this year in, in particular. Because and for those who aren't ball players, who, who does he play for? Yeah, Steph Curry, Golden State Warriors. The Golden State Warriors are, are making a run at, at the best record in the history of the NBA this year. They are one game, as of the All-Star break, they are one game ahead of, of the Chicago Bulls in, I believe it was 96, who ended up with 72 wins. And they're, they're on pace to beat them. It's the, it's, a, it's the hardest record and one of the records that people thought would never be challenged. And in the modern NBA, where there's multiple stars on every team, you know, it was one of those records that people just thought, you know what, this is, this is going to stand forever. Michael Jordan, you know, that was the Michael Jordan, Pippen, Rodman was there, like, People thought that that would never get broken, and and the Golden State Warriors, who won the NBA championship last year, and Steph Curry was the league MVP and the playoff MVP, um, they're on pace to beat the Bulls uh, a record. And when you watch this, he's a point guard, but but he plays in a way. When you watch him dribble, you watch how fast. I think I think his shooting response. It was the All Star game was on yesterday, and I was listening to the commentator saying it was like you know, point something of a second, his, his shot release time, you watch him with the ball. And it's a, it's like a combination of being in the matrix. And then also everyone is in slow motion and he's not <laughs> kind, of, kind of thing like that's That's what it looks like. It looks like there's a string attached to the ball in his hand. And, and he's just moving like he's on 1.5 uh, playback speed on your podcast where everyone else is running at one basically <laughs> when he's dribbling and and that's i think what we're getting at this where there and and there's no conscious thought in in what he's doing with that ball in his hand it's automatic because there and then to apply to the book so it talks about this idea of chunking so taking each action so if there's a mastery of of ball handling for example well then you can chunk that into like you know whatever many 200 different components slow that down each component so you understand exactly the perfect technique in each of those components and then and then repeat it and gradually increasing the speed as you repeat with perfect practice each individualized chunk and then when you do that over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, you become to the point where you're able to really benefit from this, this exponential speeding up of, of the, how quickly your brain can, can act, okay? how quickly your brain can control your body. And so the, the net effect of that is you're at 1.5%, you're at 1.5 playback speed and everyone else is at one, right? That, that's what you see. So I really think though that there is a lot of, applications to this um, in business and entrepreneurial context. And one of the best ones that, that I've seen, and just thinking about myself, one of the ones that I've been practicing a lot, is the art of conversation in a one-on-one -on -one context and, and, and the art of listening. Because one of the things that I noticed is a lot of the, the business 
uh, people and the entrepreneurs that, that I would look up to, they seem to be people who are very influential and, and they seem to be able to, to make, and this was kind of a, an impression I had, you know, decade plus ago, more than that, that if I was going to succeed in this field, I had to practice my, my human interpersonal skills. I had to become good mm-hmm. at conversation. I had to be good, become good at making positive impressions with people. And, and it seemed that the people who were succeeding in the fields that I wanted to succeed in had this skill set. They, they, they had, you know, charm and they had uh, uh, charisma, Mag- magnetism, magnitude and, and, but making feel people feel comfortable. It's not just uh, an ability to, to speak eloquently. It's, it's actually more the ability to just make the person you're with comfortable and, and, and feel welcome. And it's really, yeah. Welcome. And it's really leadership is what it is. But I started to look at that idea and I realized there's actually a ton of chunking that takes place in, you know, even just say like a conversation with a stranger or a first time impression, you know, there's a lot of individual things that you can chunk it down to. Eye, <laughs> eye contact, yeah. smile. No, listen, we're going to yeah. have, we're going to have to do Dale Carnegie's how to win friends and influence people. Yeah, for sure. Because he, he completely chunks so much of that talking in terms of the other person interest Uh, like so many of those things, remembering their names, smiling, uh, intentionally talking to them about themselves, you know, and and he sets it up in the way that you can practice the individual chunks. Um, that is interesting. You, especially when you look at the results of how few people really grow in their career without public speaking skills. Yes. Oh, for sure. And as entrepreneurs, like we're constantly doing pitches constantly. Like, you know, and not just to investors, I mean, like to, <laughs> to your founders, to, to your, your own, staff. to your own lawyer. No, no, let me do this yeah, to, to everyone constantly the, that the, and, and public speaking, same thing can be deeply chunked. And, and then when you, but when you watch a master, you realize that, that it's an automatic behavior, but it's, it's not an automatic behavior and I mean, like in public speaking or also in conversation, when you watch a master in, in a conversational context, um, it just seems to flow so well and it seems so natural. Yeah. That's not because they were just born better. No. It's, it's, it's because of this principle. It's because they beat on their craft and they did it specifically, yeah. intentionally. You know, uh, to my road analogy, I feel like the myelin wrapping is, it's like the Autobahn in Germany. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they have worked so hard to make the grade smooth. I mean, those ro- those roads, the reason you can drive your Porsche 200 miles an hour is because there's no potholes, people. Like, yeah. there is so <laughs> much, in, they, they have so intentionally flattened that road and banked the turns to, to be able to, you know, handle these, these uh, engineering feats that they call cars over there, yep. right? And, and so it's not just, you know, yes, it's how wide the road is and, and you, you know, there's, you can flash your lights and there's somewhere for the guy to get out of the fast lane too, you know, yeah but that, that just such care and attention to how smooth the road is. So those cars can go that fast mm-hmm. anyway. Exactly. So is there, is there any other things for entrepreneurs from your perspective that, that uh, this book will help them with? You know, I think back to, uh, 
I think I would just go for my sales pitch for the book is uh-huh. um, it explains scientifically what people actually mean when they say things like muscle memory. It helps you understand mm-hmm. what's actually going on. Um, yep. It gives you realistic tools that a regular human being can get like everyday superpowers, right? Yeah. Um, and if you're anything like me, it will remove any justifications for procrastination because yep. you'll scientifically know how you won't be able to make it up tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. What about you? What's your sales pitch? Um, yeah, I think it's one of these, one of these types of books that you can really apply. Like it's, it's very intrinsically interesting to read this book. Uh, um, but I, I think that everyone deep down inside themselves, I believe has a desire for excellence and it's some level. And I think the older we get and, and, you know, time and maybe setbacks and failures makes us sometimes think that maybe excellence isn't just something that will be associated with our individual name. And and I, I, I think this book challenges that. And I'd like it, it to the idea of it challenging that we can pursue excellence if by applying it. And it's very, as you mentioned, it's, it's very mathematical, which I like because I don't, I tend not to, I shouldn't say I don't like them. They can be interesting reads, but Books that give me feel good and a lot of anecdotes without practical application um, have limited value uh, to me other than just a, a caffeine fix. And, um, and this, is, I, this is one of those books, if you're interested in, in excellence, if you're interested in, in really becoming masterful at, at anything, um, this book will... You'll be able to take that skill. So if you're just looking at this and you say it could be anything from I want to learn how to play the piano to, to you know, I want to be masterful in public speaking or I want to be masterful in the art of conversation or, or sales pitches or whatever it may be, you can take that skill, that idea. You can then apply almost in a grid fashion the principles in this book and then start performing like immediate experiments on this skill set and if you maintain them for a, a long period of time, you, you absolutely will have positive results, and and you'll you'll notice the change in your performance. Um, and and it's something that I, again I can say that not just from anecdote, but from my own application. The biggest application that I've used in this book for myself has been applying it for um, conversations, uh, networking, first impressions. Um, uh, public speaking, those type of skill sets that I find to be very, very valuable in entrepreneurialism. You know, what? let's talk about a related but but somewhat, you know, potentially somewhat different application. So, um, you know, you're an advisory board member on uh, Child Rescue Association, which we mm-hmm. talk about on the show every episode. Um, yeah. When you think about an application that an organization like that, when they pick up a book like this, and let's say that our volunteers and the, the people on the advisory board you know, Ryan says, hey, guys, let's all read the talent code. What can you think of as an application for us at Child Rescue that we would want to be reading this book? Um, I think I think that um, I think one of maybe the the best ways to uh, organizationally. Um, every. Every individual, I think, within the organization itself is going to have is going to have a different role. I think with a different skill set and something as diverse and 
and complex as child rescue, where you have, you know, you've got an administrative side and you've got, there's a marketing side and there's a frontline side, which, which involves some, you know, very challenging circumstances too. And, and, and I think what I would say is, you know, what, if every single individual in child rescue read this book and then, and then asked themselves a follow-up question is like, what, what is it that I do that is integral to the success of child rescue and, and just identify one thing. And then with that one thing say, okay, well, this is, this is my value add to the organization. I need to become a master at this. I need to yeah, become masterful. And, and then apply the principles to become masterful. At that. I'd say not just for child rescue, but for any organization. If you identify what it is that, that your most important role is for the organization, become masterful of that role. There's, there's a compounding effect with everyone together. If everyone just became masterful at one thing, the, the net result of everyone improving in their little sphere would, would have a massive payoff for the, for the organization. Yeah, I, I agree. It's a great place to leave it. Um, as always, uh, anybody interested in the book, there's, there's links to getting it off, whether the audiobook or hard copies. If you just come to ideationcollective.com, under top reads, just find, find the episode for the talent code, and uh, we'll have the links there. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. That was another installment of Book Review Fridays. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll also check out Child Rescue uh, from the menu on our website, iCollective.co. And if this episode or any other episode really stood out to you or, or you have a story to tell us, please email me um, at the email stories at iCollective.co. Thanks so much. Quit eating your burgers off a coffee table. If you want to eat a burger, put it on a bar. Follow your instincts to B-dubs for the new all-American cheeseburger. Fresh, juicy beef smashed till it's crispy around the edges, covered in gooey cheese, and stacked to the ceiling with deliciousness. And knock that baby down with a frosted beer at the bar, just like the sports gods intended. The new all-American cheeseburger at Buffalo Wild Wings. Roar! Please drink responsibly.